0: Welcome to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And on today's episode of Opera for Everyone, we are listening to La Boheme by By Giacomo Puccini. Yes, prolific composer that he was. And I believe, Pat, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe La Boheme is one of the most performed operas in the opera canon. You believe correctly. Depending on the source
1: that you consult mm-hmm. worldwide, it's either in the top five or top ten. I think probably top five. Mm-hmm. But interestingly, for the New York Metropolitan Opera, it is the number one performed opera in is their that repertoire. Right? That is what I've learned. And to what do you attribute its popular success? That is a very fair question, and I spent some time looking into it. And the best I can come up with, other than people really like it, <laughs> and when opera companies put it on, they're sure to sell a lot of tickets. Right. So there's that. But that's not really an answer. And the best I can, I can tell you is that there's general consensus that this is a perfectly balanced opera. It has the things people want mm, in right. an Right. It's
0: fun. It's lively. It's also a love story. It's, it's, it, it's comic. It's tragic mm-hmm.
1: by turns. It's, you know, it has these long, emotive songs. It has these peppy, lighter songs. It has very intimate sorts of scenes or acts, mm-hmm. and it has. I mean, Act Two is right. just a grand spectacle. Yeah, when they're at the cafe. So I believe that's that's the end. You know, and Puccini's a
0: master of his craft. And so, La Boheme is set in Paris. That's right. In the 1840s. In the 1840s. And are we in sort of the artist quarters? Yes, we're, the we're, Latin Quarter. The Latin Quarter. Um, And what else do we need to know to set the scene here for our first
1: song? Our setting in the beginning is in a garret in an attic apartment Mm -hmm. that we're meant to believe is not all that well insulated. Right. And it's Christmas Eve, so it's it's cold. And it's cramped quarters, and there are four guys who appear to be living there, although when this opera opens, we only see two of them. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: And that's Rodolfo. Rodolfo? And Marcello. And Marcello, very good. And each of them, uh, each of the four guys who lives there, is is some sort of creative type. Mm-hmm. So Rodolfo is a poet. Mm-hmm. Marcello is a I bet you know painter. He's the painter. And then we also have a philosopher. Right. That is that Chenard. Uh, philosopher is Colinet. Colinet, right. And Chenard is a musician. Aha. Okay. Yeah, so the, and those two will, will add to the c- numbers of people in the scene as the first act goes along. But we begin with just the two, I guess, main men characters. characters.
0: You know, and I had read in something, doing the research, that even though they were living in the Latin Quarter and living in an apartment that didn't have any heat and was very cold and they were starving artists, they weren't actually starving because they you know, came from fairly affluent backgrounds. Is that your understanding?
1: That would be my supposition, because these are people with talents and education, Mm -hmm. you know, talents that that have been cultivated to a degree. So, yes, they are these starving artists, but they are also people who, you know, their clothes may be threadbare, but they were nice clothes at one time. Right. And and I also think it's a little confusing when you see the opera to imagine it, and and you must imagine it. But they're also quite young. I mean, the people who actually play these roles are usually in their th- you know 20s, they're 30s. not twenty years old. Mm-hmm. They're they're you know best case in terms of youth, they're in their thirties mm-hmm. usually, mm-hmm. and oftentimes much older. But you're you're really supposed to believe that that these guys are out on their own right. and haven't been so for a terribly long time, and and it's hard for them. Uh, but they're trying to make it work. and and off and on, and as we'll see even in the first act, they do meet with some success. They do get paid for some of their work mm-hmm. off and on. So they're not completely destitute, and they do have, they, I mean, they're relatively, I mean, they're quite poor. They don't have much money, but they're also giving you a an impression that they've chosen this path. Because they they see art as a high calling mm-hmm. or the philosophy of mm-hmm. his creative works, La Vie Bohème. It is La Vie Bohème. In fact, the the, um, the opera it comes from well, it comes from a, a, a book, a story, a set of stories. Depending on where you want to, how far you want to go back, but it was a um, Henri Murger. Nice, a, that was good uh, French pronunciation. Uh, merci. <laughs> <laughs> he wrote a collection of stories called. Scène de la vie bohème. Scenes of the Bohemian Life. Exactly. And he wrote this in, in the 1840s, which mm-hmm. is when the opera is set. Of course, the opera
0: premieres at the very end of the 19th century in 1896. 1896, but it's set in the 1840s based on the novel? It was a collection of stories which was made into a novel,
1: also made into a play by Merger himself. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. Although everyone who's read them, I have not, says that the best thing is just to read the collection of short stories. Because the Mimi character, our female lead here, Mm -hmm. is actually a compilation of a character called Mimi in these stories and also a character called Francine. Interesting. Yeah. It actually made me think of Cabaret. Do you know the the movie, the play Mm -hmm. Cabaret? Yeah. That's also based on a set of stories. Interesting. Um, the Berlin Stories by Charles Isherwood. That's another one that I've listened to like a hundred times. Right. It it, it it turns out to be a good, you know, but it is this set of stories. And honestly, I think that you can you can put those parallels, you can continue with those parallels in that this collection of short stories inspired the dramatists to create this work of mm-hmm. art with the music to give you a sense of a time and a place. Right. in... In the case of the Berlin stories with Cabaret, it's uh, Weimar Germany. Germany. Jinx. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And here we have the Bohemian lifestyle. And actually, in an earlier point in time, 1840s, if you asked someone, you know, what was the heyday of the Bohemian lifestyle and the Bohemian ideology, they will tell you, typically, end of the 19th century in Paris. Huh. So prior to the 1840s. So this is, yeah, this is on the early side, interestingly. Mm. So it's but also you can see why that would be interesting to Pacini and his librettists, because they, they're they aware what a movement this became, but this Henri
0: Merger wrote about it sooner. Oh, I see, I see, I see. Okay, I was getting my centuries mixed up, which I do, which happens. So you're saying that it was... Okay, so the... Story was written in 1840, then the Bohemian movement grew in popularity and was considered to have peaked closer to 1890 than when this was set, and so uh, Merger's novel, or collection of short stories, was forward-thinking. Exactly. Hey, I think it's time for some music. I do too, Pat. (laughs) How should we uh, set up, the? where are we going to begin? Well, I think we should, I think we should
1: do, oh, let's do a really happy one. This is when we've got Rodolfo and Marcello. Basically, they're singing, I'll sum up the first song. The first song is called, This Red Sea Makes Me Cold and Damp. That's Marcello the painter. He's painting a picture of the parting of the Red Sea. Right. The sum up, the the message of that song is... Let me guess. It's cold. Let's burn the painting. Well, I was going to sum it up as we are poor artists, you know, this is who we are. We are poor artists living in a cold place. But you're right. They just talk Sub, about being subtitle
0: cold. let's burn the painting.
1: Right, which they don't do, which they don't because that's going to smell really bad. And then they say, "Well, then let's burn the novel." Exactly. And they burn like, the writing that uh, Rodolfo Rodolfo, Rodolfo is doing. And the next one, we have we have our Colinet, our philosopher walks in and it's a lot of wordplay. And so you know that not so they've told you they're poor, they've told you they're smart, they're witty, mm-hmm. they're bon vivants in a way. I mean they're have they're making light of their kind of depressing situation. And then the song that we're gonna play. Okay. Well, the English is wood, cigars, bordeaux. That's when Chonard, our musician, comes in and he's actually managed to make some money, and so he buys
0: wood Cigars and Bordeaux, and also a, a basket of food, <laughs> and they're having a
1: blast. So they're but having they have a to have their time. priorities.
0: I mean, you need to be warm. You need yeah. to have wine and uh-huh, yeah, cigars and cigars. And you know, and, he, oh, and, by the
1: way, also he brings some cheese and some bread, and you know, because it's Paris. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, and um, and and I would basically sum that one up as like, you know, these guys are all really good friends, and they have a good time with each other. And they may not have much most of the time, but when they do, they decide to enjoy it. Seems like a good plan. So let's hear this one. And and what is this called? That uh, legna, which I believe. I mean, I don't know that for as wood. Oh, I don't, I don't. That's right. I don't know Italian. I forgot. It <laughs> <laughs> I
0: keep thinking it's going to be French because it's set in Paris. Well, I would say legna. All right, that might be for well, Italian that's or Spanish. And know. then the next two,
1: the next two words in the libretto are cigars and Bordeaux. And I just decided I wanted to.
0: This is called Cigars in Bordeaux <laughs> and, wood. <laughs> and wood and also a little bit of food, bread and cheese. Um, if you've just tuned in, you are listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And on today's episode, we are reviewing Puccini's La Boheme. And this is the song Cigars and Bordeaux, which is in the very beginning of Act One. I hey, got
3: Siamo la parola.
0: You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. I'm Keeley Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And we are listening to La Boheme by Giacomo Puccini. And what have we heard so far, Pat? Well, we've been introduced to the four
1: guys. I like to think of them. Our four bohemian artist types. Yes. Living in the carrot. And they were jolly and happy and having a grand old time because one of their number... Made some money. Chonard, the he musician, made some cash money. He made some cash money and he's brought wood and cigars he's just and spent it all Bordeaux on candy and food. Basically. And, well, you know, food. Um, and there they, they wanna know how, how did this come about. So he's explaining he um, how it comes about and basically he took advantage of a rich guy. I mean the rich guy asked him for some lessons, but anyway. I'll let you see Oh that. yeah, didn't
0: he want to play, uh, he wanted him to play for his parrot.
1: Yeah, but he hated the parrot, so he wanted him to just keep playing until the parrot died. Died. Did the parrot like the music? Uh, we don't really know, because Shonard explains that he got he got friendly with the scullery maid, or the kitchen maid. Oh. Uh-huh. And the two of them poisoned some parsley, and... Uh, Oops. Yeah, lo and behold, the parrot died. <laughs> yeah, and they're all having... A lot of fun. And and Shonar's like, well, you know, boys, we're having fun here. This is great. It's Christmas. But it's Christmas Eve. Let's go out. Mm -hmm. Let's, you know, let's save these for some other cold night. And let's go out
0: and have some fun at the cafe. Because that's what you do in Paris. Yeah. Well, and they're in the Latin Quarter. It's got to be a hop and scene on Christmas Eve. Well, we're
1: going to get to see it in Act 2. So you're correct about that. So they all get ready to go and... And Rodolfo, our poet, our writer, Mm -hmm. he calls himself a poet, but he he writes articles, he writes novels, he writes poems. He's like, okay, guys, I just have to finish this one article that I'm submitting to a publication. I just need five minutes. Right. So you guys go downstairs and wait for me, and I'll just finish this up. So they leave.
0: And then what happens? (gasps) Oh,
1: wait, I'm so sorry before they leave the the landlord comes in oh that's right. looking for the rent and they get the landlord drunk and they get the landlord to explain how he's lusting after women and they all feign indignation that he's a married man and how dare he be lusting after other women and they don't pay him you know like this is what they don't do with their money they don't pay the rent they
0: don't pay rent all right that's just another little that's just another little part blip. of the that you the know the boys being the boys yeah. there they actually they kind of reminded me of like frat guys you know, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're like all living together. They're young, and they just like they're just yeah. having a good time. Yeah, they, that's exactly it.
1: That's mm-hmm. exactly it. And so off the three of them go, mm-hmm. leaving Rodolfo alone to finish up this article and meet them down there in five minutes. And and then
0: there's a knock at the door. There
1: is, but we we should we should listen to this song that uh, Rodolfo sings. Your resto, I'll stay because tenors like this one.
0: Oh, right, and Rodolfo's a tenor. And actually, this would be a good time to say that um, on, on today's episode, we are listening to a recording where the lead, Rodolfo, is played by Luciano Pavarotti, and the female lead is played by Mireia Freni. That's Mimi. Mimi. And this was recorded at the Berlin Philharmonic in 1987, I guess. Uh, no, um, I think it's 1972. Was it? That's what I have. Okay. My recording info is probably not correct. Anyway, it's been at least 25 years. So this is a vintage recording. However, according to some of the research that I did, it was one of the best recordings. Well, that's why our local library had it. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, that's true. We were able to. Thank you, Teton County Library. And the uh, conductor in this recording is Herbert Von Karajan. So just wanted to give... Credit to the recording artists. All right, so getting back to the story, we are going to listen to Yoresto, Yo resto, I'll Stay, which is Rodolfo, our male lead, as we said in this production, played by Luciano Povrotti.
1: you can probably guess who's just come onto the stage there. Mimi. Mimi. So this is, uh, he's stayed back to finish his article. And there's a little knock on the door. Did you hear that lovely little motif? Yes. That's, that little light. That was Mimi's late motif. Yes, that was Mimi. We've We've totally changed the sweetness and light,
2: mm-hmm. which is
1: Mimi. And we
0: get our female lead introduced here in this scene. And this is the scene, actually, where I was reminded that Rent, the, the Broadway musical, the hit Broadway musical, which I think is one of the, it was the seventh longest running musical in Broadway history.
1: Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah.
0: And they're actually, they're going to do, um, I just read that Fox is going to do a live action version of Rent. And I forget who's going to play the lead in that. But then there was also a, a film. And it premiered in the early 90s, right? The Broadway show? Or yeah. The, yeah, I think it was 90, 92 or 93. And then the film I, I did see was 2005. Yeah, and Idina Menzel was yes. actually in the original Broadway production. And yes. And was also in the film. So I,
1: I didn't see the Broadway show. I didn't see the film. But go ahead and tell me why you're talking about Rent right now.
0: I listened to that soundtrack on repeat when I lived in New York. I listened to it over and over and over again. And one of the songs is Would You Light My Candle? Oh, because
1: Mimi, when she comes and knocks on his door, mm -hmm. the whole reason she comes to the door. Is there's been a power outage. Which means (laughs) the power outage means her the The flame in her candle was blown out. Well, in Rent,
0: oh. actually, <laughs> the, the power went out. Oh, that's adorable. Because there was a there was a protest and all that. And they're kind of squatters, kind of, you know, I don't know. It's, a, it's set in the East Village, like the deep East Village. And, you know, a lot of the characters actually have HIV or AIDS. And that was one of the big things of Jonathan Larson writing this play right. was to bring attention to AIDS and HIV. And so anyway, Mamie... In Rent, the musical is is a sort of bisexual stripper slash something else, and she's a drug addict, and she has HIV. Very uplifting. At any rate, there's a power outage in the building, and she comes to the door and asks Roger if he would light her candle because she doesn't have any power. Yeah, and that's
1: exactly what our Mimi in La Bohème asks for. But... But at that stage,
0: the power was the candle.
1: <laughs> so. Correct. Yeah.
0: I mean, because this is 1840. Yeah. Versus
1: 1990. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, as long as we're doing it, there are other shows that have been very much influenced by La Boheme, as beloved as it is. Yes. Um, are you familiar with Moonstruck, the film? Oh, was that Cher? Cher and Nicolas Cage? Yeah. And it's not based on the Boheme story, but La Boheme as an opera features prominently. I mean, the music is uh, shot through the movie or, you know, all over the place Mm -hmm. in the movie. But there's this lovely scene where he says something along the lines of, "I there's two things I love in life. I love you and I love opera. And if I could have the two of them together on one night, it would mean more, you know, like my life is complete. Right. And so, of course, when they go to the Metropolitan in New York... The show that's they playing see is La Boheme. Yes,
0: interesting. Yes,
1: yes. I love those little connections that we make. Well, and then my personal favorite is uh, the Lerman show.
0: Yes, Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge, of course. Which is which is? Pretty. How could I forget that? Yeah, no, very much. I mean, it's La Boheme. I mean, there she. I mean, it's
1: it's tuberculosis. The, is, which is the she's same. a courtesan. Um, yes, I mean Mimi is not. No, Mimi is a seamstress. Yes, she's embroiders flowers. But, but in the Moulin call, Rouge, in Moulin Rouge, you know the 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 falling in love with the and and but like Moulin Rouge is so self conscious of it. They you know they even have Toulouse-Lautrec, the great artist of yes. the of the you know pinnacle of bohemian life in Paris, and it is set
2: in, in the, the later. Quarter.
1: Yeah, well, it's set in yeah, it's set at the Moulin Rouge in Paris, right? <laughs> but it's it's set in the late nineteenth century, the height of the Bohemian
0: movement. Yeah, how could I have forgotten that one, Pat? I mean, it's very I mean, it's either on your There's mind or so it's many. not. But Puccini was just such a prolific composer and wrote in such a dynamic way. Yes,
1: yes. Well, a lot of the operas, like if if you asked. A random person to name the titles of some operas. I bet over half of them would be Puccini works. I mean, Puccini, you've got Tosca, Madame Butterfly, Turandot. Right. I mean, these are big. Biggies. Really Mm -hmm. biggies. It's also got, you know, some others that are pretty well known, too. He's highly, highly prolific. But we should probably get back to some music. Yes, let's
0: get back. Okay, so we are going to listen to Que Reli de Menina.
1: Yes. So she's come to get her candle lit, you know, and by the way, there's a few little. (coughs) Right, right, right. (laughs) Just kind of a little foreshadowing there. (laughs) But she's she's gotten her candle lit and she's ready to leave. And she's like, oh, no, I've lost my key. I'm so scatterbrained. And they're looking around for it. And he actually finds it pretty quickly. And he sticks it in his pocket just so he can keep her there for a little longer because he's besotted with her. He's just. Think she's adorable, and he's fallen hard. Um, And they've just met. And they've just met. Love at first sight. But he ends up touching her hand, and he's like, oh, what a frozen little hand you have.
0: Your hands are cold.
1: So he, you know, he that's an opportunity for him to continue holding her hands, to warm them up, and to tell her who he is. And he explains, I'm a poet. I write. I'm poor, but I'm happy. So that's that's the content of this
0: this song you're about to play. And I I actually did do a l- little bit of research uh-huh. on this one. And I read that it's unique in that the tenor here holds a high C for quite a long time. And that this song is considered some of Puccini's best writing. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. So this is "K Jelida Manina. What an icy little hand on... La Boheme by Giacomo Puccini, and you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 891 KHOL.
1: That's Rodolfo, wow. our lead tenor. Poverotti. Uh, yes, <laughs> the incomparable. Amazing. And he's telling us, well, first he's showing kindness to Mimi mm-hmm. to warm her little cold hands. Mm-hmm. And he says, I'm so glad you're here. It's so nice that there's a moon which is <gasps> shining in through the windows of their garret. And he says, let me tell you about myself. I'm a poet. I write. I'm poor but I'm happy I squander rhymes and love songs like a lord in dreams and fancies in airy castles my soul is a millionaire but sometimes all my jewels are stolen from their coffer by two thieves two lovely eyes so this is what this is what you get when a poet falls in love with you mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty pretty words <laughs> and so he's letting her know who he is and that he's he's really and he thinks she's pretty. Quite lovely. And he likes her a lot. And then he says, so it's your turn now. Mimi, tell me about yourself. Who are you? Exactly. Actually, I take that back. He doesn't know her name yet. So now tell me about yourself. And this next song is, yes, they call me Mimi. Si. Chiamino Mimi. See? Si. Yes. Although her name is really Lucia. That's right. <laughs> but they call her Mimi. Yeah, we don't hear that name again during this show.
0: Do you want to say anything else, or should we just listen to that one? I think we should just listen to it. Okie dokie. If you've just tuned in, you are listening to Opera for Everyone on 891 KHOL. And on today's episode, we are listening to La Boheme by Giacomo Puccini. And this is Si Mi. Kia. Mano. Mimi. The introduction to the character Mimi. So their sweet little moment has been interrupted by the rest of the frat guys downstairs.
1: (laughs) That's true. That's true. Before we get to the frat guys, (laughs) well, let's just talk a little
0: bit about what Mimi had to tell us. Can I just say? Yes. You know, the opera nerd sometimes comes out. Uh Uh-huh. That was so beautiful. Oh, it's meant to be. I mean, that's a very clear soprano. I mean, it was just so crisp and bright and and, emotional.
1: And I believe the song is meant to convey her purity and sweetness and just that she is
0: that good. hmm Yeah. Yeah. Well, he nailed that one. Yeah. Puccini. Yeah. Crushing it. <laughs>
1: yes, he is. He is. He is.
0: Okay. So who so is Mimi? Pat? She says, my story
1: is brief. I embroider linen and silk and she embroiders flowers into... The fabric that she works. And she says, I take pleasure in those things that have sweet charm and that speak of love, of spring, of dreams and fancies, those things that are called poetic. Mm-hmm. She said, that's, that's what I love. Um, she says, well, and here's a little more about me. I, I make all my own meals. I don't go out much. I don't even go to church regularly, but I do pray to the Lord a lot. I live alone in my little room, and I wait for spring, because I love spring. That's one of the reasons I love flowers, because they are a sign of spring. I mean, all sweetness. What's not to like about Mimi? What's not to like? And and Rodolfo falls. Mm -hmm. So, like, there's this very tender moment where he's sweetly explained who he is, she's sweetly explained who she is, and then the guys waiting downstairs are like, Hey, <laughs> hey, buddy. Hey, Rodolfo, I forgot my smokes. <laughs> it's like, are you deaf? What, what are you doing up there? And, and they're like, <laughs> they hassle him a bit. And he's like, he finally says, I'm not alone. And they're like, oh, oh. oh, oh good work, buddy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh, dear. So, they they laugh it. And he's like, just go on without me. I'll meet you there. I'll meet you there. Like, well, okay, we'll go. You, uh, you know. Have you? fun. Yeah. Like like guys do. exactly what happens with those guys. And now we have the final song of the first act, which is a lovely duet with the two of them. It's the, you know, it's where they declare their love for each yeah. other.
0: And I love how in opera you meet and then you're like, hey, hi, I'm Rodolfo, And she's like, hi, I'm Mimi. And then they're like, we're in love. It yeah. happens immediately.
1: Yeah, well, let's listen to the song and you'll see how powerfully... That love is expressed.
0: Okay, so you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1KHOL. This is Osuave Fanchula in La Boheme by Giacomo Puccini. And this is uh, where Mimi and Rodolfo, our two lead characters, declare their love for one another. Oh, and I also read, Pat, that this was another one that has a, a joint high C. They both hit the high C. Well, let's listen to on it. On that one. So this is some really impressive opera-ing on the part of Pavarotti and uh, Maria Freni.
1: So that one ends with love, love, love. Can't really argue with that. Yeah. Well, and it's also interesting as they're realizing they love each other and he's invited her to go out to the cafe to join his little group of friends. He's, you know, thrilled that she's willing to do. And Rodolfo, thinking ahead, says, And when we come back? And Mimi says, Who knows?
0: Well that's certainly what Rodolfo's hoping. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? I don't know.
1: Yeah, she's she's a sweet one, but uh, But she loves love. They do. They're they're quite in love. And now let's transition to Act Two. Opens with grand spectacle. It's a pretty impressive opening. It's well, it's pretty much everything and everyone they can fit on the stage, and in New York City at the Metropolitan Opera House, that is a huge. That's a huge stage. stage, yeah, and it's over 200 people. I don't know exactly how many, but in the production that they're still doing, uh, which was begun in 1981, the great Franco Zeffirelli set this whole opera and. This act two scene in the Latin Quarter on Christmas Eve is a feast for the eyes. Mm-hmm. And it always gets all this applause because you've got tons of children and all these people walking around. And, you know, your full chorus is there. All the supernumeraries are there, which, by the way, are the actors who don't sing but fill out the scene in the opera. And it's just, it is. A spectacle. Glorious. Yeah, it's just And the guy on stilts. There's a stilt walker. It's just, you're just, you don't know where to look because there's so much going on. And our little group of happy celebrators, you know, our, our, our little group of bohemians show up. And the guys are all having fun together. And Mimi and Rodolfo are there arm in arm, having a wonderful time together. And as this goes on, we get to the point where, you know, he's looking at little things to get her, perhaps, and he ultimately does buy her this sweet little pink bonnet to put on. Aww. And she's just thrilled to pieces. I mean, again, these are people who, less than an hour ago, he was burning his novel to stay warm. Right. And now, like, fortunes have changed in every imaginable way, and they're they're out on the town.
0: So did shenard give him money to buy the pink bonnet, or did he just... You know, unclear. That's
1: unclear. That's unclear. Because he's
0: like, "Hey, Jeanard, I want to buy my new uh, sweetie a pink bonnet. <laughs> can you, f- can you float me a few?" Well, and you know, and maybe he was feeling
1: flush because he. I mean, who knows if he got that article written or not that he was going to spend his five minutes on before Mimi knocked at the door, mm. but. uh uh, yeah, that's that's left unexplained, but we'll we'll just roll with it.
0: Okay, so Act Two continues on Christmas Eve in the Latin Quarter in Paris in the eighteen forties, and we've got our group of Bohemians. That's right, and they're all enjoying the scene and all of the
1: revelry around them, and we have a song here. Um, I like your pronunciation, always better than mine. And what are you looking at? Is what Rodolfo says, and. Colinet, who is kind of this curmudgeon, he's our philosopher. He's like, oh, I hate this vulgar He's grumpy strong. cat. And Mimi is like, well, maybe you're jealous they're all having such a good time. And they're they're just, they're having fun and she's uh, falling right in with the gang here. And then there's a bit of the song, which is just beautiful, where Rodolfo sings, oh everyone this is Mimi and you can see he's saying this is the person I have fallen in love with
0: he says her arrival completes yeah, yeah our you guys left and I was gone for <laughs> half an hour and now I'm in love
1: so sorry oh, deeply in love actually and he says her arrival completes our fine company I am the poet but she is the poem oh sweet he says, he says, I'm with her and songs burst forth from my brain, flowers from her fingers. Because that's what she does. She, right, makes, she flowers, makes flowers. And he says, and love bursts
0: from our joyous hearts. Mm. All right. Well, let's listen to that. So this is guardi from La Boheme by Puccini on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL.
3: qui Questa è mia gaia fioraia, il suo benir completa, la bella compagnia. i
1: Well, the boys are all having fun, and they have welcomed Mimi into their little group with open arms. They're they're having fun. They all
0: like Mimi. That's good, because it's no it's no fun when your friends don't like somebody that you like, right? Yeah, it's a bummer. It's, yeah, especially on Christmas Eve when y'all just want to hang out and rabble rouse. Yes, yes, but they like her, so it's
1: it's wonderful. It's wonderful, and there they are at a cafe table. They're gonna eat and drink. And be be merry. And speaking of being merry, this is not a character who will remain with us in the show. But part of this whole spectacle and excitement of Christmas Eve is this arrival of this character, Parpignol, and he is a toy salesman, but like a traveling toy salesman. Oh, well, that's very convenient on Christmas Eve. And it's, well, of course, it's just wonderful. And it's also an opportunity to have a, to make good use of your children's choir. So you've got all the kids oh, who are clamoring and right. so excited to see all the toys and everything. And I think it's fun to sort of see because what's happening is you've got the cafe scene, but you've also got the the commotion and, and the, the revelry and the color and the sound mm-hmm. of the street. And this is still blending at this point. So we can see our main characters enjoying the cafe. And we can also see the, the Christmas Eve revelers enjoying nice. themselves. So let's listen to a little bit of the Pierce Parpignol.
0: Listening to Opera for Everyone, a radio show and podcast that makes opera understandable, accessible, and enjoyable for a mainstream audience. It airs Sundays from 9 to 11 a.m. Mountain Time on 89 KHOL in Jackson, Wyoming. KHOL is Wyoming's only community radio station. Opera for Everyone is hosted by me, Keely Heron, and me, Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our
1: podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoy the second half of today's episode.
0: Welcome back to the second half of today's episode of Opera for Everyone, where we're listening to La Boheme by Puccini. I'm Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. Where are we in the story, Pat? Well,
1: that's not my job at the halfway point.
0: Why do I always forget this? Yeah, it's
1: opera helmet time, Keely.
0: Okay, put your... Keely, where are we in the story? What has happened (laughs) thus far? All right, I'm putting on my opera helmet because opera is a full contact sport. Mm. Um, Okay, we are set in Paris in the 1840s in the Latin Quarter, which is the artist's quarter. And we have a, a, a crew of four um artists a poet a a painter a philosopher and a novelist no musician musician that's right musician Colinet is the uh philosopher and shanard is the musician and uh and then we also have the lovely and angelic mimi who is a seamstress (laughs) and she's also tubercular um but rodolfo's in love with her anyway rodolfo is the poet and uh Marcello is the the painter, and um, it's Christmas Eve, and they're carousing, and we've just seen this lovely street scene where all the kids are fawning over Parpignol. It's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve, and Parpignol is a traveling toy salesman, and he's out along the streets of the Latin Quarter peddling his wares, and the kids are singing and dancing, and it's a huge production, and everybody's happy. Well done. Did I get
1: that right? Yeah. Did I miss anything? I I think I would want to hit a little harder how deeply and passionately.
0: Right. Rodolfo and Mimi, she came and she said, will you light my candle? And he's like, hey, you're cute. Uh, Your hands are cold. Let me hold on to them. And by the way, I'm hiding your key. I'm going to light (laughs) your candle, but I'm going to hide your key. (laughs) So you don't know how to get back into your apartment. And, oh, but you don't need to, because why don't you come with me, because I'm going down to the street to see my friends. We're going to a cafe. We're going to have some wine, and we're going to have some food, and we're going to celebrate. Right,
1: because one of them earned some money, and they need right. to spend it as
0: quickly as possible. Right, because <laughs> it's la vie bohème. Uh, yes, that's exactly right. That's and exactly he, right. He, th- so they met, and then he fell in love with her immediately, and she was like, I love you, too. And we're like, oh, we're so in love with each other. Yeah. The end. Oh, we yeah. bought her a pink bonnet. He bought her a pink bonnet. Right. In, in in amongst all the people selling things on Christmas
1: Eve, he buys her a pink bonnet. And and now we get to meet
0: our final character.
1: Our final main character, Musetta. And she's she's glamorous. She's fabulous. And she's, she's very a muse. And well, a muse. Is she a muse? Well her name is Musetta, wouldn't you think? I, I think I don't know. I'm you know, you might have a Marcello might not support that interpretation. Right, because she's kind
0: of difficult. She is,
1: she is very demanding. She's very self-conscious of her own beauty, of her own power with men, mm-hmm. very much so. And so she's going to burst onto the scene here. In fact, that little bit we heard in the beginning of this hour was um, the when she first comes on. And Marcello is going to look at her. Because they are on again, off again, boyfriend, girlfriend. Mm -hmm. They have a thing. But it's off at this point. In fact, she comes with this rich elderly man trailing her, like carrying her stuff. Mm -hmm. And she's being glamorous and flamboyant. She's flouncing around. She's flouncing around. Look at me. Look at me. And she's being loud. And her boyfriend of the day is saying, darling, darling, be quiet. I can't relate to
0: this at all.
1: (laughs) (laughs) uh, yeah, so he's trying to tell her to be quiet and, and shh, behave more lady-like. Darling, darling. Darling. Shh shh. Exactly.
0: She's <laughs> well, like, la 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 la. M-
1: Musetta will not be shushed. <laughs> yeah, but
0: nobody puts Musetta in a
1: corner. <laughs> Absolutely not. In fact, Musetta has a fabulous song, Oh yes. This they, they it is it's often referred to as Musetta's waltz. Right. And in fact, the tune gets used various places. It's it's a wonderful, wonderful song. When I Walk Out is the English translation of this one. Cuando manvo. And when she sings this, she's telling us all about herself and what she cares about, what matters to her. and What matters to her is being attractive. Exactly. And at this point, she's trying to win back Marcello's affections. (laughs) He may not be rich like the old guy,
0: but... She quite likes him, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. let's hear this. Okay, quando man vo, Puccini's La Bohème, and this is the larger-than-life Musetta telling us how everybody looks at her when she walks down the street.
1: Well, that Musetta's she's quite something, huh? Musetta's waltz That's beautiful.
0: That's a lovely soprano too. I—I like. I just looked up that uh, on this recording is Musetta is played by Elizabeth Harwood. Lovely, clear soprano.
1: Yeah, she's she's having fun. And Mimi, at one point, you hear Mimi say, "Oh, she's madly in love with Marcello." Clearly, she's utterly madly in love with him. She so, says this to Rodolfo. Yeah, she's, you know, chatting with her her beau. And Rodolfo explains, well, you know, Marcello used to be in love with her. So we're not so sure that he's not still in love with her. In fact, I can let you know he is. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, he is. He is. But then Rodolfo's comment to the group, Marcello's not listening, he's busy, is he says, well, that little flirt Musetta, she abandoned him for an easier life for this rich sugar daddy that she's got Mm -hmm. trailing around after her. And one of our other friends says, well, lovers love their chains. So Colinae and Chonard are a little more, you know... Pessimistic. They probably don't have much game, I'm guessing. Well, we kind of think that might be true. Mm -hmm. Who knows? And meanwhile, as Musette is doing all this loud stuff, her uh, boyfriend of the day is saying, shh, 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 just quiet, darling, quiet, (laughs) quiet, darling. (laughs) Mind your manners, behave yourself. (laughs) So, and that works just about as well as, as you think. And right at the end of this little piece here you're going to hear her shriek and that's because she's like up on a table usually or up on the bar she shrieks and everyone rushes like what's wrong what's wrong and she pulls up her skirt which just really embarrasses her date and she's like my shoes are pinching darling could you please go take these off and go get me another pair of shoes seems
0: reasonable Well, she's just trying to get rid of the old guy. Right. She's like, uh, there's uh, something I need you to go do. Right,
1: right. And meanwhile, she's exposed her legs, heaven forbid, to the crowd. And the crowd's quite interested in looking at her legs, actually. Wow. I mean, if you're standing on a bar. Right. So her date goes to get her another pair of shoes. And guess what? The bill comes. Mm. And they're all like, oh, this is more money than we were
0: expecting to pay. That was bad timing on her part. Because, What? Well, you know, she should have let him pay and then sent him. Oh, like, remember
1: who we're dealing with here. We're dealing with Musetta, Right. She'll so, figure it out. So she, in fact, figures it out. Mm-hmm. And she just tells the, the waiters, oh, just put our two bills together. And when the old man comes back. He'll pay all of it. He'll pay all of it. Makes sense. So the act ends with them kind of getting lost among the huge crowd, which is still all over the stage. But she doesn't have any shoes on, does she? Some of the men carry her. Oh. <sighs> Musetta, right? Yeah, she she's carried. Uh, <laughs> okay. They carry her out, and we see the poor old guy Aww. gaping at the big bill he's been stuck with. Poor guy. Yeah. Merry yeah. Christmas. Yeah, she didn't she didn't treat him very nicely. Uh, the rest of the group is having a lot of fun.
0: So they leave, and they go out into the streets of Paris.
1: Yes, and that is the end
0: of Act Two, which is when traditionally. You have your big old intermission. And you have a glass of champagne.
1: Have some champagne. Take a little walk. Breathe
0: in some fresh air. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening to opera for everyone at home, yeah, <laughs> go pour yourself a glass of champagne. If you're driving, don't pour yourself a glass of champagne. And if you find you're getting sleepy, a cup of coffee is always good in the True. intermission.
1: Yeah, you can, any,
0: Yeah, any of to that. To avoid the opera nap. <laughs> I'm... We don't know anything about the opera nap, do we? No. (laughs) Okay. So we're going to go to act two here. Do you want to set that up? Or it's act act three, three? sorry.
1: Yes, act three. As we've returned to our seats from our intermission, Mm -hmm. we have a snowy, early, early morning in February. So this is. almost two months later. Almost two months later, okay. It's at this pole gate, they call it. But it's this area kind of around the periphery of the city where the people bringing their wares to market are coming in. Mm -hmm. People from the countryside bringing things into Paris to Mm -hmm. to sell. And in fact, this gate is called the Gate of Hell. And there's a tavern right at the gate, which is pretty typical for that sort of place. And they tell us this in the libretto. The sign on the tavern, it's that very same painting of the Red Sea that Marcello was working oh, on. Oh, right. But he's painted over it to write the name of the tavern on it. it gives you a sense that the fortunes have declined again. And Marcello, obviously, He's is- a sign painter now. He is there. He is there. And so let's listen to, there's a, a song which sort of sets the scene there with all the milkmaids and the, the various street sweepers and the people bringing their things to market. Let's play the second song in this, which is the one where Mimi shows up and she asks someone, excuse me, can you tell me
0: which is the inn where the painter works? Because she's looking for Marcello. So this is, Sa dear scusi, Qual illustrija?
3: Dico ai nostri alle spese, Musetta insegna e il canto ai passeggeri. Io pingo quei guerrieri sulla facciata. È freddo, entrate.
1: It's a very different feeling from the scene in act two. Yeah, it feels sad. It is sad. I mean, that that early dawn light right there, kind of it's a, it's a pall over the stage. But this is Mimi, and she is asking for the painter, and Marcello comes out, and we just heard Marcello's voice. And one of the first things she asks him is, is Rodolfo here? And Marcello says, oh, yes, oh, yes, come on in. It's cold out here. She goes, no, 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 I can't go in. He's in there. I can't go in. And Mimi explains to Marcello the problem. She says, Rodolfo loves me, but, but he's consumed with jealousy. He says, and she said, anything I do, he's jealous. It's crazy. In fact, when I sleep at night, I feel like he's trying to read my dreams. And he's always threatening and saying, you just go find another lover. Go find someone else to be with. You're not being faithful to me. She says, but I but I am. And it's tearing us apart. And Marcello's sympathetic, but his basic advice to her is, you guys are just too serious. Like, you should be like Musetta and I are, because now he's back with Musetta. Right. He says, we, we love with light hearts. We don't take things seriously. We laugh a lot. You guys are so serious.
0: Right. So well, he's serious. a poet.
1: Although I guess Marcello's a painter. But he says, songs and, Marcello tells her, songs and laughter are the flowers of constant love. So it's not going well for Mimi. Our two lovers are not
0: having fun. So, quick question. Yes. Where are we in terms of knowing that Mimi is. N- oh. That um, question's just a tiny bit premature. Hang okay. with me. I'm going to answer that fully. So, okay. Copy that. Okay. <laughs>
1: So we're going to carry on with this, and we are, they're going to be talking, and Marcello's going to be doing what he can, and we hear Rodolfo's getting ready, like he's up, and he's woken up, and he's going to come out, and Mimi is like, oh, he mustn't see me, he mustn't see me, and Marcello's like, Mimi, for heaven's sakes, don't make a scene, and Mimi sort of scampers away and hides herself, Hmm. and Rodolfo comes out, Mm -hmm. and, and he says, oh, Marcello, finally. And the two of them are going to talk. And they're going to talk about Mimi, interestingly.
0: Okay.
1: <laughs> and Rodolfo's going to say, he says, I love Mimi, but I can't be with her because she's always flirting with everyone. Mimi is a coquette. She's just a big fan flirt. Hmm. And Marcello tries to give him some of the same advice, you know, that, that, like, you can't have morose love. That's, like, that's never going to work. You guys got to decide to be happy, just like we are. Decide to be happy and don't let it all weigh down on you. But when Rodolfo really tries to sell this story about the the whole problem is that Mimi is just a flirt and she's always toying with other men's affections, Marcello finally looks his friend in the eye and says, buddy... You're not telling me the truth. That's not really what you think. And our next song is where Rodolfo
0: is going to tell us what really is the problem. Oh, interesting. Yeah, because I was curious, because Mimi doesn't seem like the type that would be like a flirt. No, and and Marcello knows that, which is why he's like, come on, tell me the
1: truth. What's really the problem? Ah. And, And this is really the problem. And... Shall I tell you the name of the song? Yes. Mimi
0: is so very ill. <gasps> oh. So Rodolfo is guessing. He knows. He can tell by looking at her. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. I am Keely Heron. I'm Pat Wright. And this next song that we'll play is called Mimi y Tanto Malata. Mimi is very ill, and that is sung by Rodolfo in Puccini's La Boheme.
1: So um, Mimi is so very sick. And I don't know if you were noticing as Rodolfo is singing at one point you hear an outburst, just a quick outburst from Mimi. And that's her saying, alas, to die. That is the moment. Because when Rodolfo is explaining to Marcello how very sick Mimi is, Mm -hmm. he's saying she's not going to make it he's telling Marcello she's she's not going to survive and that is when to answer your question from earlier that is when Mimi realizes she's got more than just a cough Rodolfo has figured it out that she's really really ill really really ill and he can't he can't take it and it's not just that he, He's not caring enough to take care of a sick lover. He also says, you know, Mimi is is so frail. She's like a hothouse flower. Right. And poverty has made her fade. He says, my love is not enough to restore her. Mm -hmm. And it's winter and it's cold. And if she had a man with money who could make sure that there's warmth in her house to make sure she has warm clothing to wear who could maybe get a doctor he says she might have a chance she might have a chance but he says that she's got no chance in the poverty that i provide my no. love is not enough well that's why this is also so heartbreaking sad well at a certain point Mimi reveals herself. Yeah, she comes out of the shadows. She comes out of the shadows. And Rodolfo is completely surprised. And Mimi will, will sing that she loves him. She she wants to be with him. And what he's giving her is enough. And it's really, really very sweet. But ultimately, they decide in some ways to take Marcello's advice that they, they can't be happy together. It's all too morose. And so they need to... They need to split up. They need to go their separate ways. But then they they will sing along here that it's really tough to break up in the wintertime. Let's stay together till spring. Oh. That's what they said. So there's that. But there's this song that they're going to sing, which is the second to last song of the third act. Whence happily she came. And they're going to reminisce a little bit about their prior love.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Um, happier times.
1: Happier times. They're kind of going to retell the story of their meeting that we saw in the first act. And she's going to, it's kind of heartbreaking. She's going to sing about like her few little possessions that she has and how she's going to leave them like, go pick up my possessions. I'm.
0: Oh my gosh.
1: And, uh, you know, the little pink hat that you oh. bought me, it's under the pillow. Oh. It's, she says, when I'm gone, that will be the way that you remember me. Very sad. It's very, very sad. But this is a lovely, lovely song that the two of them sing. Mostly Mimi, but let's listen to this one. What's it called? Donde laita uschi? Uski. Al tuo grido? Grido. That's like a, a cry or something, grido, isn't it? The translation I have translates it
0: as Whence happily she came if you've just tuned in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL, and on today's episode we are listening to Puccini's La Boheme, and this is the seventh song of Act Three, and Mimi sings Donde lieta uscì al tuo grido, remembering happier times.
1: Well, poor Mimi. But she's she's coming to grips with it in an awfully lyrical and beautiful fashion, isn't she?
0: I just am impressed by the music in this opera. Well, yeah. It's very emotional, but it's not um, melodramatic. It doesn't feel cloying or sticky or... You know how sometimes... Yes, I do know
1: what you mean. And I agree. I agree. I mean, and I think... Part of what's beautiful about, for instance, this song that Mimi just did is that it's it's showing you there's just this inner sweetness to her. Mm-hmm. And that's what's very coming out. Very
0: simple and yeah. pure.
1: Yes. yes. Like a flower. Um, right. And the very last song now, I always enjoy a quartet. And we're going to have our two couples on stage. Because as it happens in this little inn rodolfo has explained that he's living in the inn with musetta as a guest of the innkeeper he's painting murals and painting signs and painting things beautiful and and she's teaching songs to the guests she's entertaining and and teaching songs to the guests and so he's earning her keep in true musetta fashion she's going to she's going to burst out and Interact and give them you know, the old razzle dazzle. Give them the old razzle dazzle, and we're going to have this fabulous scene at the at the very end of this act, where Mimi and Rodolfo are kind of working through the fact that they need to separate, but winter's a bad time to do that. Let's wait until spring. And I love you so much, and all of this is going on, and uh, Musetta is going to come out, and we're going to see, you know, contrary to what he told his friends, we're going to see. Marcello be jealous because she's seems to be flirting with the patron. Well, she's just trying to make a good tip, isn't she? Exactly. She's just trying to make a good tip. she's a, she's a hard worker. She's a hard worker and she, you know, she's she figures this is uh it's good for her cuz she might get you know money and goodies and all this stuff, but Marcello has has no tolerance for that. And Musetta when he tries to rein her in, Musetta's like, "Uh no." I want to be free, and so you've got this this juxtaposed duet, or you know, essentially it's two yeah, duets going on, right? But you've got these two, like, in the most tragic, tragic, painful, love filled interaction. Separation, That's Rodolfo like... and Mimi, and you've got Marcello and Musetta, just like yeah, 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 right. with each other. So um, it's yeah. an
0: interesting contrast. Yes, yes.
1: And one of the things that Musetta is going to say to Marcello is, I can't stand lovers who act like husbands.
0: Right, because if she wanted a husband, she'd marry him. Yeah. All right, so as we wrap up Act 3 of La Boheme, we listen to, wow, this is a really hard one to pronounce in Italian, dunque e proprio finita. So, it's all over. So that's... Yeah, it's okay. It's all over. All right, let's have a listen to that. You've just tuned in. You're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL, and this is Puccini's La Boheme.
1: couples things are not working out well for for either set Mm-mm. but in different ways it and for different reasons it is interesting
0: to listen to Marcello and Musetta nip like yeah, me, 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 me. yeah they do they
1: they completely completely do and that is going to end act
0: 3 act 3 we don't get a break for champagne after the end of no, act 3 no you
1: just have to sit quietly in your seats while the lights are dimmed and wait for them to change the set Mm-hmm. And they're going to bring back the exact same set that we had
0: in Act Where One. Where we opened in the artist's garret. Yes. The attic but apartment. I'd like to tell you something that I learned. I'd in like to listen. <laughs> I'd like to learn, Pat. So
1: when this, remember I explained that this whole libretto came from this set of stories,
0: novel right. play. By Mergot or? Merger. 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 M-U-R-G-E-R. Murgi. Henri, Henri Murgi.
1: <laughs> yes. And the librettists, who, by the way, were the same librettists who worked with Puccini on uh, Tosca and Butterfly.
0: Ah. So
1: these were, you know. They were a good team. They were top of their game. Mm-hmm. They had written a um, another scene um, at this point in the opera in uh, the courtyard outside of Musetta's home. And it included the breakup, like the actual knockdown, dragout breakup between Rodolfo and Mimi,
2: mm-hmm.
1: where she then goes off with this titled wealthy man. Oh, you see him. You know he's one of the people who's mentioned when he talks about her flirting, but she actually goes off with him, and you see it on that, in that rendition, in that scene. Um, that never that never becomes part of the actual opera that. I mean, Puccini changed his minds about what bits from the stories he wanted to keep in and keep out. Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately th- they did it. They did a great job, but that scene was was cut. In fact, that uh, among the papers of one of the librettists, apparently, it, you can still find this bit of the libretto that was never used. But I mention that not just because it's fun to know, but it's also background to, to essentially that happened, even though it's not seen in Act Four, the final act of the right. opera. Because um, she's gone for a long time, and they're not, you know, they're right. not together. She has separated. So in that version, the final scene shows her on the sickbed in the garret. But you're going to be a few minutes into Act 4 before Mimi shows up. So let's talk about the beginning of Act
0: 4. Okay. As the opera stands. So beginning of Act 4, we uh, we're, are back in the guy's apartment. We're
1: back in the guy's apartment. Really very much like they were before, where Marcello's trying to paint, Rudolfo's trying to write, They're not getting very far with those endeavors. And they're singing and they're teasing each other. Like, uh, you know, I saw... This is what Rodolfo will say. I saw Musetta in a cab with a guy. And Marcello says, well, I saw Mimi in beautiful clothes with the Viscount. So, uh, you know, they're each sort of saying, (laughs) you know, that girl that used to be yours? I saw her and she looks like she's doing great. Right. So they're, they're teasing each other and... And then that'll turn to this this song that they sing of lost love, which is which is just beautiful. And then, <laughs> just like the other version, we have Chonard and Collinet will come back in, and they will bring some food with them. Not as much as last time; it's not as extravagant. They bring two baguettes and one little herring that they kind of dangle. Every production I've ever seen, they like literally have one little fish that they just dangle by the tail. <laughs> And and they decide they're going to goof around and play because this is what they do. It's it's a little bit of that same feeling mm-hmm. of the roughhousing of the roughhousing of... boys. And let's listen to a little bit of this one, or maybe all of it because it's not long. Clear the room, and they're going to you know clear the floor, and they're going to pretend they're at a dance hall, and they're going to pretend they're sword fighting, and they're just going to have a jolly old time. The four of them. So. Mm-hmm. So the, the the guys have reminded us, Rodolfo and Marcello have reminded us about the girls, but they're also going to remind us that they're still Young hanging men. around with their buddies. Right.
0: Okay. And what is this song called? In English, it's called Clear the Room. Si, scombrino, le sale. Clear the Room. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And this is Si, scombrino, le sale. From La Boheme by Puccini.
3: Bezzo da mi rispetti la modestia, la carrega, la, 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 ferro,
1: I don't know if you could tell there, but the fun and games were coming to an end. The sword fighting is over. The sword fighting, the dancing, the pretending to be girls dancing with the boys who are there. All of the the silly frivolity. It sounded like someone came in and was concerned. That was Musetta. Musetta is very concerned. So, as you know, Musetta isn't really with Marcello at this point, but they're all still you buddies. Know, they're all still buddies, and she came in and she's like, uh, Mimi's in really bad shape. Um, and they're like mimi what what what's going on and she says well Mimi's really 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 sick i I found her just staggering around on the street she's she's left the viscount and and I asked how I could help her and she she said would you please take me to see Rodolfo so she's not strong enough to come up can you boys help her up she she wants to see Rodolfo so we br- they bring in the gaunt drawn just on death's like literally on death's door mimi and and it's terribly terribly sad and they lay her down and you know all the frivolity all the you know so everybody's just kind of staring at their shoes at this point cuz they know that the end is near yeah it's it's pretty bad and and we hear we hear Mimi say I want to be near him and she's so happy to be back in the attic where she first
0: met him
1: fell in love and Mimi tells us and reminding us of that first scene when he says oh your hands are so cold she talks about how she's so cold and my hands will they ever be warm I I I, I want I've always wanted to have a muff I could really use a muff right now like a muffler to put her hands in. Yeah. I mean, I don't, the, people don't use those anymore. No, I had one when I was a kid. Me too. Yeah. She wants a, she wishes, you know, she she mentions this. She reminds us of the cold hands, and the cold hands was part of how they fell in love. And um, Rodolfo says he'll warm her hands, and, and he's looking around. He's like, oh, I wish I had something here to help her, but there's nothing in this home except poverty. Reminding us again, you know, that they don't really have
0: anything any resources to no, give her.
1: Not at all. Mimi catches the sight of Marcello and she says, Marcello, come here. I need to tell you something. Musetta, she's so kind. She's so good. So she's trying to like patch up those two. Mm-hmm. And, it, you know, I'm practically crying telling this story. And, and Marcello's like, I know. I know, Mimi. Thank you. So they're all just on the verge of weeping and Rodolfo is right by her. Musetta will pull off the earrings that she's wearing and hand them to Marcello and say, "Marcello, please sell these. You need to go get some some Tell medicine, me a doctor." And she says, "Oh, I'll come with you. I'll I'll buy her a muff." They leave, and we are left with the impression that Musetta and Marcello are back together again in Mimi's moment of distress that that has brought it together and and then we come up on this Lovely, lovely song, sung by Colonnais, our grumpy philosopher. Remember Mm -hmm. him who's just like, Grumpy cat. And he sings this just heart-rending song that we're going to listen to now, where he says, Dear Old Coat, listen. And it's basically his goodbye song to his coat, which he is going to sacrifice and sell in order to get things to help Mimi. So let's
0: listen to this one. So this is Vecchia Zimari Santi. And this is Coline singing in Puccini's La Boheme on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL.
1: Well, if you haven't already pulled out your handkerchief or your tissues, get them ready. This is rough stuff here. I mean, the farewell song to the coat is enough to make you cry and then and then he turns to the remaining person in the room, Shonar, besides Mimi and Rodolfo, and he says, "Let's let's do an act of mercy here. Let's let's both of us leave to go sell my coat." And give the two of them some time alone. hmm And so they are given some time alone, and Mimi sits up and sings about her love to Rodolfo, and they both sing about their love to each other, and she she looks terrible. And Rodolfo has in his pocket the pink bonnet. Oh, God. So he kept it when she, when she left. Mm-hmm. And she remembers the whole thing. And he finally fesses up at this point that, yeah, I found the key right away and stuck it in my pocket so that you would stay with me longer, you know, and they have a good time remembering that. And now they have a little bit of time alone together. And it's a lovely duet that they sing.
0: And so this is the final duet between Rodolfo and Mimi in Puccini's La Boheme, and this is called Sonuandati. Have They left?
1: kind of a rough scene. (laughs) And very tender at the end. He says, please, please, Mimi, stay quiet. And she says, yes, I'll be good now. I'll rest.
0: Mm, So it's clear that the end is near, but he's hopeful. He's still hopeful.
1: Yeah. Hope and love are powerful emotions. So now, one by one, the friends return and Musetta, has bought a muff and she gives it to Mimi and Mimi puts her hands in it. And she's so grateful to Musetta for the muff. And she says, oh, my hands will finally be warm. And I think I'll just fall asleep for a little while now. And Musetta does this lovely prayer. And Rodolfo's like, inspired by the prayer and the fact that Mimi felt comforted by the muff and all her friends around her. And Rodolfo is like, yeah, I think maybe she's going to get better. But if you're watching, you see Mimi's hand... Falls out of the muff. Falls out of the muff. Hmm. And Shonard has noticed this. And he finally says to Marcello, he says, like, Schonard Mimi is dead. And ultimately, it comes to the realization of each of them in turn that she's no longer alive. And finally... Rodolfo looks and he just loses it loses it but but by by singing yelling Mimi Mimi and it, there's not a dry eye in the house right it is it's powerful beyond words i'm i'm trying to convey some of that with my voice but obviously puccini does it much more powerfully with his music so let's listen to that final heart-rending bit of the opera. <laughs>
0: Thanks for listening to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keeley Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. And like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. We know that opera can be challenging. But everyone loves a good story. And a story set to music is even better. That's why our mission is to make Opera Opera for for everyone. Everyone.